0: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
1: our number two of the morning after on this monday following your holiday weekend is right here right now on sports grid sirius xm channel 159 the home for sports grid radio on sirius xm and all across the sports grid network i'm your host ben stevens we look back on the nfl weekend slate a doubleheader on christmas day and a full slate yesterday we'll preview monday night football in our third hour but in this second hour we look at college football bowl season a game on christmas as well in cfb the camellia bowl that we'll recap here in just a moment a couple of news and cancellations unfortunately to bring you around bowl season and then we're back in action in just about an hour from now on this monday the quick lane bowl out in the motor city college football bright and early for you on this monday and in this week now come friday just a couple of days away the college football playoff, the semifinal matchups between Cincinnati and Alabama, Georgia and Michigan in the nightcap on New Year's Eve night. College football foot and center in this second hour and on this holiday week as well. And we look back at the Christmas Day slate around the association. Of course, the NBA, a highlight always on Christmas Day. Our coach, Sports Grids NBA analyst, James Young, JY, joins us later in the hour to look back on the Christmas Day slate and how the conference marketplaces look now moving forward as the NBA certainly kicks into high gear following the Christmas Day action but let's begin looking back on Christmas Day in college football bowl season and the Camellia Bowl between Georgia State and Ball State in the Panthers of Georgia State an absolute shellacking of Ball State on Christmas Day 51 to 20 georgia state covering as a six and a half point favorite the over under for this game got steamed up to 52 and a half points and it goes over the reason some of that steam was significant because the panthers of georgia state entered the camellia bowl playing an under in five of their six games to end the regular season ball state was under in five straight in maxion to end off the year but the 52 and a half georgia state almost goes over that by themselves Posting 51 points. Georgia State, if you were not paying attention, and I guess that kind of makes sense if you're not watching Georgia State football religiously, ends the year at 9-4 and four against the number in all of college football. That's one of the best ATS marks you'll find, really, across the entire nation. 6-2 ATS as a favorite this year for Georgia State. A remarkable close to this year. An absolute highlight victory, winning by 31 points in the Camellia Bowl over Ball State. Ball State, a team from the MAC. There's another team from the MAC that will play in that game at 11 a.m. Eastern on this Monday morning. So, here's what we need to know about the MAC teams in this bowl season six have played so far. The seventh and final Western Michigan plays in just a little bit. The MAC so far throughout this bowl season campaign just one and five straight up and only two and four against the spread. Not a great bowl season for the Mid-American Conference. As we look at bowl season overall, through the conclusion of the Camellia Bowl on Christmas, 15 games in bowl season. Favorites, seven and eight against the number. Five of those eight underdogs winning outright so far. In the 15 totals we have seen, 10 of the 15 hitting to the over. So now, unfortunately, some sad news to bring you about bowl season as we have seen across really all of the sports landscape both professionally and in the collegiate space as well some more cancellations to detail first we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here to the second hour of the morning after on this Monday. Sirius XM, channel 159, the mightier 1090 out on the West Coast And all of our radio affiliates. Thank you for joining us here on this Monday. I am Ben Stevens. So now let's get to the cancellations, unfortunately. We learned yesterday morning on a Sunday following Christmas Day. Two more bowl cancellations, including one that was scheduled for today. The Military Bowl between Boston College and East Carolina has been canceled due to some of those COVID issues with the BC Eagles. Then the Fenway Bowl, yes, at the Fame Ballpark in Boston, has been canceled for Wednesday, Wednesday's contest between SMU and Virginia due to some COVID issues with UVA. One final note about some more bowl cancellations we hope the Sun Bowl on New Year's Eve a little hors d'oeuvre and appetizer if you will for the college football playoff semifinals we'll see later in the afternoon and in to the early evening on New Year's Eve the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl well the Miami Hurricanes one of those teams facing off in that game right now against Washington State Miami has had to draw out and opt out of that ball game in the Sun Bowl because of COVID issues within the Hurricanes football program. Washington State now looking for an opponent. We had seen the same thing with the Gator Bowl coming up at the end of this week. Because of some COVID issues there, Rutgers steps in to take on Wake Forest instead of Texas A&M. So Washington State, Wazoo the Cougs still looking for an opponent for the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl later this week. An appetizer of sorts for your college football slate on the New Year's Eve games that we will have leading in to the college football playoff semifinals. So so far throughout this bowl season, three bowl games have been canceled. I know we're worried about the college football playoff and we've seen some of those rules as it pertains to the COVID protocols for the CFP. There will be no postponements, it'll be cancellations and forfeitures. I still think we're in okay spot for the CFP. I think these teams have been hunkering down getting ready for the semi-final matchup cincinnati and alabama georgia and michigan some line movement in the dogs favor in both of those games early on here over the weekend cincinnati now less than a two touchdown favorite getting 13 and a half against the tide michigan a seven and a half point underdog against georgia at the moment and a college football ball game in just about an hour from now we break that down coming up next college football lets the professional sports have their day right give them their due on christmas day it's all about the nba a double header in the nfl and of course sunday the nfl is always king but now this week welcome back to the most wonderful time of the year it's bowl season and it's in a big way for college football you're watching the morning after on sports grid on this monday morning sirius xm channel 159 as well and all across the Sports Grid Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. A game in just about 45 minutes from now, out in Detroit. The Quick Lane ball between Nevada and Western Michigan gets us back and going in college football bowl season. As you can see right there, Western Michigan, a seven-point favorite against Nevada. The over-under stands at 56 and a half. Now, Nevada is an eight-and-four football team this year in the regular season, but the reason the pack a seven-point underdog right now, it's because they'll be without Carson Strong. If you don't know the name Carson Strong, that's their quarterback for Nevada. He was fantastic this year. The sixth leading passer in all of college football, averaging close to 350 passing yards per game at exactly 348.8 per game 36 touchdowns to only eight interceptions he will be selected in this upcoming 2022 nfl draft could be a guy you see skyrocketing up qb draft boards as that often happens in the draft lead up throughout the nfl he has opted out of this quick lane ball though it will be a new starting quarterback for nevada as you look across that roster nate cox gets the start he's 6-9 so, if you didn't want any interest in this 11 a.m. Eastern affair between WMU and Nevada, look out for the starting quarterback for Nevada. He is six foot nine. That reminds people of Brock Osweiler. And we can make fun of Brock Tober for what he did in the NFL, but he was slanging that thing around during his time in college for Arizona State. So, look out for Nate Cox, six foot nine, the starting quarterback for the Nevada Wolf Pack in this quick lane ball. So, let's break it down a little bit here. As we mentioned to start off hour number two. Western Michigan is a team out of the MAC. They will be the seventh and final team out of the 12 teams in that conference that made a bowl appearance. That's great and speaks to how competitive the MAC was this year that you had so many bowl eligible teams. But in bowl season, it has not been great for the Mid American Conference. Just one in five straight up. Two and four against the spread. Western Michigan, a favorite in 10 of the 12 games this year. Just four and six against the spread. Only covering twice in their last eight games of this regular season. And I mentioned the four and six ATS record as a favorite. Six of those times, they didn't cover a number. They also lost outright four of those six times as a favorite this year nevada has been a dog five times really good four and one against the number winning outright two of those four games so maybe you're thinking hey let's sprinkle on the pack here at plus 220 i would be a little hesitant to do that because we're not exactly sure what we're going to get at the quarterback position and a couple of other opt-outs for nevada in this game the wolf pack did go over in eight of their 12 games this year western michigan over in three of their last four games to end out the regular season the total up by a point from yesterday when it was 55 and a hook now 56 and a half as we mentioned 15 bowl games already done and completed 10 of those 15 totals hitting to the over maybe you just want to root for some points at 11 a.m eastern on a monday morning following the holiday weekend and get you back into the swing of things refill those pockets now as we head into the new year in 2022 so again western michigan a seven point favorite in the quick lane ball coming up in just about 45 minutes time against nevada the over understands at 46 in a hook so that's the only game today unfortunately because of the cancellation in the military ball between bc and ecu but do not fret five games tomorrow yes five ball games on your Tuesday, including a top 20 team in action against a team from the Southeastern Conference. Houston, number 20 in the country, actually getting points right now as an underdog against Auburn. The Tigers, a two-point favorite. The over-under sits at 51 and a half. As we look at this game right now, Interesting thing to note, of course, as we have seen throughout this bowl season, opt-outs as players prepare for the next level or maybe even the transfer portal striking in a big way. Bo Nix, the quarterback for Auburn for a good majority of this season, is headed out to Eugene to be an Oregon Duck next year. It will be T.J. Finley who will play in this game. T.J. Finley, who was at LSU a season ago, got tons of experience for Auburn this year, including in that Iron Bowl quadruple overtime thriller Eventually a loss for the Tigers, but against Alabama, TJ Finley played a ton. Now, Auburn lost four straight games to end out the year. Two of those final four games as a favorite. In the sixth game booked as a favorite this year, Auburn just 3-3 and against the spread. Now, the Cougars were only an underdog three times this year. They won outright in two of those three games. The only other time they did not cover a number as an underdog in the AAC title game against the Cincinnati Bearcats who are going to the college football playoff Houston's only two losses this year a 10 and 2 football team Texas Tech in their season opener in a game maybe that Clayton Toon and the Cougs probably should have won and again in that AAC championship game as well against Cincinnati Houston The 12th best scoring offense in all of college football. Averaging nearly 37 points per game. and Ended the year playing two straight overs. Auburn under in three of their last four games. That's why you see the total only at 51 and a half for this game tomorrow. The first game of five on a Tuesday slate. In college football bowl season, 12 30 p.m. Eastern Time. The kick there between number 20 Houston getting two points right now against the Auburn Tigers in what should be a great game down in Birmingham, the Birmingham Bowl between Houston and Auburn. Another great game, including another ranked side later in the night as well. Number 18 NC State in the second to last game of those five on a Tuesday slate. NC State taking on. UCLA in the holiday bowl out there in San Diego should be a wonderful affair as it always is one of the highlights of the middle portion of this bowl season right now the pack laying two points against the Bruins the over under is at 59 in a hook NC State was great this year as a favorite six and four against the number as a favorite covering by an average margin of nearly six points per game UCLA only an underdog three times this year winning outright in two of those three games now look at that total 59 and a half the Bruins went under in their last game against Cal but they scored 42 points in that regular season finale over in four straight prior to that final game of the regular season and again the only under to end out the year they put up 42 they just held Cal to only 14 points I believe it was now NC State over in three straight to end the year as well they averaged 39 points per game offensively in those final 3 games so a total at 59 and a half i think is in danger of going over tomorrow UCLA the 10th best rushing offense in all of college football 219.7 rush yards per game there's been some speculation on who might be opted in for the Bruins DTR Dorian Thompson Robinson the longtime starting quarterback under chip kelly in westwood might this be the coronation of his college career might you see zach charbonnet Britton brown in that backfield that still remains to be seen against nc state so when you look at this from a matchup perspective ucla the 10th best rushing offense in the country averaging nearly 220 on the ground this year nc state a top 25 rushing defense on the other side allowing 127.2 rushing yards per game, but still a top 25 rushing defense in college football out of 130 FBS teams. NC State laying two points in the Holiday Bowl down there in San Diego against UCLA. Almost even money on that money line right now. The over under stands at 59 and a half as we go through some of the other games. and We'll break this down tomorrow with Saturday down South's Connor O'Gara making his return to the program. A great Mike Leach bowl between Mississippi State, the team the Pirate currently coaches against his former university in Texas Tech. Mississippi State, a nine and a half point favorite in that game. And then a team from my neck of the woods. The first Big Ten team in the fold in this bowl season. Minnesota laying five points against Western, or excuse me, West Virginia in the final game of that bowl night. A Big Ten team, of course, with an over-under for that game of 45 points. So bowl season is back. We look back on the Christmas Day slate with James Young on the other side of the break here on TMA.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: After your holiday weekend, we look back on the Christmas Day slate in the association, the NBA, always a huge part of your Christmas weekend. We break that down here on the morning after on this Monday. Sports Grid and Sirius XM channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. Now very pleased to welcome on coach James Young, former associate head coach of Monmouth Women's Basketball. He was here on Christmas Eve to get you set up for the Christmas Day slate on Saturday. Now here to recap it all. JY, thank you as always for joining us here on The Morning After.
2: My good brother, happy holidays. I hope you had a profitable one. I know you are excited. You got uh, college football in about 35 minutes. I see the grin on your face. Yeah. So, uh, But we got, yeah. we got to talk a little NBA because the association, now that we've hit Christmas, the season is really unofficially tipped off.
1: I completely agree. Really, Christmas Day and the marquee matchups we see is when the NBA becomes a little bit more centrally focused and really kicks into high gear. And we saw some great games across the slate on Christmas, including that game in primetime out at the newly coined Crypto.com Arena between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets. An insane Frenzy in that fourth quarter, coach, that had the Brooklyn Nets entering the final stanza up by 20 points, 102 to 82. The Lakers cut it to just a two-point margin under two minutes left, but it's ultimately Brooklyn who holds on for the victory. 122, 115, winning outright as a two and a half point underdog on the road in the City of Angels. What did you make of all the fun that we had in the fourth quarter, James, between the Nets and the Lakers?
2: Well, Man, when I was on with Pat on Christmas night, I kind of told people that when you look at runs in the NBA and you look at betting odds, when you're a coach and you're down big going into the fourth quarter, you're going to play it in three-minute segments. So they were down 20 after three. You got to get it, you know, 15 by the nine-minute mark, so on and so forth. But the Lakers literally got on a huge run. LeBron was spearheading him. The interesting thing was Russell Westbrook was on the bench for the majority of it. They make their run. You could have gotten the Lakers as a live, I think it was like plus 9.5 or 12.5. It was like a really big number. You could have got them at the end of the third quarter. They make their run. They put Russell back in the game. But the problem with the Lakers still is the fact that they can't defend. They can't defend. They can't defend athletic guards. James Harden had their way. And if you look at it, it was iso ball. It wasn't a lot of ball screens getting into offense. It was give the ball to James Harden, top of the key in space, and let him go to work. But then the other part is, Lord have mercy, Patty Mills, 34 points. Who had that in your Christmas holiday list? So, you know, Patty Mills goes off for 34, and now you have this two-headed monster here with with Brooklyn. But as for the Lakers, we got to see what's going to go on here. They need these Mm -hmm. young kids back. They need Malik Monk back. They need Austin Reeves. Remember, I'm saying that. They need Austin Reeves back. Imagine that. Uh, They need some young athletic guys who can defend and who can play at a high level. But when you look at the West, we'll probably talk about in a second there are two teams yeah. that are just completely separating themselves from everybody else in the West.
1: We will Yeah, we will certainly talk about the Suns and the Dubs in just a moment and in our next segment together, JY will look at how those conference odds stand now that the NBA has really started in full force following Christmas Day. But first, the Lakers, 16 and 18 straight up this year. They've lost five straight games. They have the worst ATS record in all of the NBA. Twelve and twenty-two against the number, or a two and a half point home favorite against still a depleted and short-handed Brooklyn Nets team. But it was James Harden with a big day—the eighth triple-double on Christmas Day in the history of the NBA. Playing games on Christmas, the seventh was earlier in the day at Madison Square Garden by Kemba Walker. The first time since 2017 we saw two on Christmas because James Harden finished with 36 points 10 assists 10 boards for the Brooklyn Nets and one final point here coach about LeBron James 39 points nine boards seven assists for the Lakers 30 points in four straight games for LA 30 points at least 30 in seven of the last 10 for the Lakers now Kevin Walsh as we know loves LeBron and he honestly hyped up LeBron at all times I'm going to echo what Kevin has to say here. LeBron has been absolutely sensational and is at no reason the fault for the Lakers' struggles as of right now. And I'll take it one step further. LeBron James is 50 to 1 on FanDuel right now to win the NBA MVP. On the tear that he is playing, and obviously he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt because he is LeBron James, one of the greatest of all time, but
2: 50 to 1 seems like a lot of value on LeBron, J.Y. Listen, if you got a couple of shekels or you you went on, you got a little Christmas present from your boss and you hit that scratch-off ticket and you got yourself 10 bucks, take that to the window and put it on LeBron right now because he is playing yeah. at an insane level. It's, it's LeBron and the Pips. Like, I don't know if he's Gladys Knight. I don't know if he's, you know, KT and JoJo from Jodeci. I don't know if he, what he is, but he's playing at an insane level right now. And until AD gets back, and we don't know when he's going to get back because that guy goes down every couple of weeks, LeBron is going to yeah. put that team on his back because he's going to want no part of that playing tournament. He's going to want to get into a top-six seed and not even worry about it. So LeBron is playing an insane level right now. The only thing, Ben, we got to worry about with LeBron is he's playing a ton of minutes. Russell Westbrook has got to do better than four for 20 He's gotta be the Russ that he was last year. And the thing I gotta ask LeBron is Russ is better with the ball in your hand in his hands. Will you allow Russ to bring the ball up a little bit more and then you go off ball and then you two can play off each other that way?
1: You would have been very profitable on Christmas had you just bet overs for the five games of that Christmas slate hitting an over, including this one between LA and Brooklyn. The total of 222 goes way over. And Brooklyn, meanwhile, been an underdog only five times this year, heading into a game. They've won outright as a dog in four straight. Two and a half points they were getting on the road on Christmas Day against the Lakers. Another dog that went barking outright on Christmas Day. The best team in the NBA, the Golden State Warriors. Now 27-6, the best mark in all of the association, winning outright on the road in the desert as a a five-and-a-half-point underdog against the Phoenix Suns. The final score there, James, 116-107. Golden State, 27-6. Phoenix, 26-7. The two best teams in the NBA gave us a show on Christmas.
2: They absolutely did. And let's talk about this. Who had Otto Porter going off? as part of your holiday wish list. Well, I guess Steve Carr did because Otto Porter and Gary Payton Jr. were actually almost the X factors in that game and how well they played. And you look at Golden State. If they get this out of Otto Porter and Gary Payton, you know, the second, and then you're going to get back Clay anytime soon. Then you're going to get back, you know, Wiseman sometime soon. You got to look at them as the favorites in the West. But I still think the problem with Phoenix, and I'm, I've been echoing this for a long time, they got to go through DeAndre Ayton. That game yeah. was turning, and they didn't get the big boy of ball, and then it became the chuck and duck show of Jay Crowder and Devin Booker, who shot a combined 8-for-30. You can't beat Golden State with those two guys going 8-for-30. I think the best thing for Phoenix to do, run high pick and roll, dive down DeAndre Ayton, let him crowd the lane, and then spray it out to your shooters. That's why if you've been watching my scouting report, I almost take DeAndre for a double-double every game. He gets it, and he doesn't get yeah. the ball. If they ever get him the ball, that guy can be a 20-point-a-game score in his sleep.
1: The scouting report from James Young on all of SportsGrid's socials. And you'll get those coaching breakdowns that only JY can provide for you here on SportsGrid. I agree, coach. They need to go to DeAndre Ayton, who was playing phenomenally in that first half and has played really well in the early going of this NBA season. Now, Golden State, not only the best record straight up in the NBA, the second best record against the spread, 21-10 in two ATS. And they have taken two of three from phoenix this year the two best odds to win the nba western conference we'll talk about that coming up in our next segment we flip it over to the east now and with Giannis back in the fold returning from the health and safety protocols milwaukee came back in a big way against the boston celtics at the pfizer forum on christmas day down by 15 at the break coach down entering the fourth quarter even down 109 96 with under five and a half minutes left Milwaukee rallies back to beat the Seas 117-113. Giannis, 36-12-5. A big game for Giannis in his return, propelling Milwaukee to a win on Christmas.
2: It was, a, it was a fantastic performance. You know, he just basically got cleared from COVID protocols less than 24 hours to game time, and he was fantastic. I mean, he said after the game, he had a vacation. I wish I could have a vacation and go drop nearly 30 <laughs> points the next day. I mean, I'd, I'd be extremely happy with myself, but... Here's the thing with Milwaukee. They are getting better. Middleton is starting to play like the Chris Middleton we expect. Drew Holiday yep. is bringing it and you cannot you got to talk about DeMarcus Cousins. He's going to give them something there. If you're not if you're not asking for the old school Sacramento 25 and 10 DeMarcus Cousins, if you need him for 15 to 17 minutes to give you 9 10 points, 6 7 rebounds a game. That is what DeMarcus Cousins does when Bobby Port is coming off the bench. So you got to think that Milwaukee's got to be the next team besides Brooklyn that are going to battle up for the East because right now I can't take the Philadelphia 76ers serious at all.
1: Yeah, and we'll look at those Eastern Conference odds in just mere moments. The line worked in Milwaukee's favor after the news that Giannis was back in the starting lineup to seven and a half points. The Bucs did not cover that pregame number but they were plus 310 as the money line live underdogs at the halftime break down by 15 quickly a shout out here to kemba magic at the garden once again on christmas day a triple double for kemba walker 10 12 assists and 10 rebounds to boot as well we'll look at the eastern and western conference odds now in this marketplace moving forward next year on the grid a second straight segment of coach james young here on a monday morning on the morning after looking back on the christmas day slate in the nba and now looking forward as the season certainly kicks into high gear you're watching the morning after all across the sports grid network listening on sirius xm channel 159 and i am ben stevens so now that christmas day is done the nba becomes a little bit more of what we like to focus on in the regular season how do things look in each conference the east and the west at the top of who are the favorites to claim a conference crown let's take a look at how things looked in the early portion of the year to where things stand right now we do that in market movers So, JY, first we begin in the Eastern Conference by looking at the preseason odds to win the Eastern Conference crown. And then we will go to the West and how things looked before the year got underway to where they are right now, following all the Christmas Day action and some games yesterday on a Sunday in the Association as well. So, Brooklyn was a very short favorite entering the year at plus one. 120. Brooklyn still a short favorite in the east at plus 145. The reigning NBA title winners, the Milwaukee Bucks, were plus 300 to begin, still plus 300 as well. Philly has fallen back by a dollar plus 900 to 10 to 1. Miami, the Heat have had their odds nearly cut in half from 10 to 1 now to plus 550, the third best odds in the Eastern Conference. You see Boston there, 21 to 1 to begin the year now plus 3000, the Hawks shorter by a dollar 21 to 1 to 20 to 1 as things stand so the team you will not see coach and we want to bring this up quickly here the chicago bulls 26 to 1 to begin the year now the fifth best odds in the east at plus 1200 but this the top six to begin the year in the east now how their odds look in this marketplace of those teams coach which number stands out to you the most
2: you got to look at Miami, Ben, and you got to look at Miami because they're moving because they have who I think personally is the best coach in the NBA, and Eric Spoelstra. Mm-hmm. He's doing it with some guys being out, Ben's been out for a while. I mean, who would have thought the guys like Max Strus and Vincent and some of these other guys would be coming on and playing the way they're playing? So I think that's the one that's the most surprising to me. But not surprising if you really think and know about the association and how good Miami is. Now, on the flip side, the team that people thought was going to be better is Philadelphia, and I just I can't get a read on them. I don't know if it's the Ben Simmons drama. I think this is a lot to do with Doc Rivers. I don't think this team is not is they're just they're not gelling in the right way. So when you look at the market movement, I think it's pretty spot on. Brooklyn should be the favorite. Then followed by Milwaukee, and then Miami, and then the sneaky one to keep looking at—you can't discount Atlanta. That's a lot. That's a lot of value right now with the Hawks at plus two thousand. Remember, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and if Trey doesn't get hurt and roll his ankle in Game Three, they probably win it. So, if you're looking at a value play, you want to pull a couple of bucks on. Yeah. Maybe look at Atlanta because they are such a dynamic team, and Nate McMillan will have them ready once playoff time comes
1: yeah certainly so i think there's tons of value right now on atlanta at 20 to one two numbers that stood out to me coach before the year even got underway i never understood why philly had the third best odds at just plus 900 with everything that was speculated about that team throughout the entire offseason and heading into training camp and i didn't really know why boston was at 21 to one either now 30 to one are the Celtics where things stand? Of course, the Brooklyn Nets, a short favorite to begin the year at plus 120, a little bit of market movement against them, only 25 cents to plus 145. Still a relatively short price, especially when you compare it to the Warriors who are plus 260 in the Western Conference, but Brooklyn, the fourth-best record in the NBA, the best straight-up record in the East, 22-9. and nine. Not a great record against the spread, 13-17-1, and one, but still, Brooklyn, certainly a team that deserves to be the favorite right now in the Eastern Conference. Zero movement on Milwaukee, Coach, which is rather interesting as well. Plus 300 has been their price all year long with the second-best odds to claim the East for a second straight year and again i know they're not on this board but what chicago is doing right now the bulls need to be paid attention to the fifth best odds in the eastern conference on fanduel right now at 12 to 1 plus 2600 to begin the year they've obviously had some covid protocols and pauses throughout the last week or so but chicago the second best winning percentage in the eastern conference right now only behind brooklyn and then finally The Heat got off to a very hot start to begin this year. Slowed down a little bit in the middle portion of this early slate in the NBA, but they've won five of their last six, seven of their last nine, nearly had their odds cut in half now to plus 550, the third best odds in the Eastern Conference. So, J.Y., we go from the East to the West, where things actually look a little bit more interesting, in my opinion. And we start at the top, of course, with the Golden State Warriors, who are now the favorites at plus 260, entered the year with the second-best odds at plus 550. The preseason favorites in the Western Conference, the Los Angeles Lakers, with a rather short price at plus 195. Now the Lakers plus 550. The Clippers as well, plus 550, tied for the second-best odds to begin the year. Now... 10 to 1 in the West. Utah has had some market movement in their favor, down by a buck and a half from plus 650 to 5 to 1. Phoenix, a lot of market movement in their favor, over $5 worth, now at plus 320. And then Denver has stayed the same 10 to 1 to begin the year, 10 to 1 right now. It got a little bit shorter early on, but then the loss of Michael Porter Jr. certainly has kept Denver there at plus 1,000. So, Coach, I think the two numbers that stand out are the two teams from la that have had the most market movement against them the lakers were a short favorite in a market that didn't make a lot of sense to be that short of a favorite entering the year at plus 195 never made sense to me to see the clips at plus 550 with the second best odds and now where la stands 10 to 1 for the clippers plus 550 for the lakers a lot of market movement against the two teams that now play their basketball in the newly coined crypto.com arena i will bring that up often on this show
2: well let's start with the clippers that made no sense with Kawhi out that made no sense to have them as the second favorite coming out of the west ahead of the lakers which you understand you want to put the lakers up there because of lebron and because of ad and you thought that russell westbrook was going to give them something but the clippers without Kawhi leonard why would you think that that team was capable as the second best odds I thought it was, a, it was completely disrespectful to Phoenix, who literally brought everybody back. I know they lost Sarge yeah. at the end of the finals, but they brought their whole team back. And the fact that they were at their odds was shocking. And then you look at Golden State, what they're doing. But I'm, we, we talked about this a while ago, you and I. There's that team at plus 1,000. I'm telling you, I think Denver, if they get Jamal Murray back and they got Michael Porter Jr. back, they're going to be a problem. Because they got the joker who no one can stop in the West, including my guy, DeAndre Ayton. He eats DeAndre Ayton for lunch. And then you get Porter Jr., you get him rolling with Jamal Murray, with Bolin's Highland, with Gordon for a full year, you know, with Will Barton, with Morris, with Jeff Green, which I thought was a really underrated signing. And if they can get that team together, then they're as deep as anybody in the West. And that is key we're still dealing yeah. with COVID because you don't know if another outbreak is going to come around playing time. You've got to have a lot of depth. And that's one thing you could definitely say about Denver if they get Murray and Porter Jr. back healthy.
1: And, J.Y., the question I think for Denver is going to be where do they find themselves in the Western Conference playoff positioning by the time we get to the late portion of this regular season? If they're out of the play-in, maybe around fifth or fourth in the Western Conference standings? Pretty good value on Denver in that spot. If they're down in the playing tournament because it was a rather 500 year for the Denver Nuggets without Jamal Murray by the time he gets back, maybe in the late portion of the regular season or for that playoff push, we'll have to wait and see how that value looks at 10-1. to But I want to bring up the Phoenix Suns yet again. It never made sense to me that they were plus 850 with the fifth best odds to win the West to begin the year this was the same team that just made it to the western conference finals and i know they got tested by the clippers without Kawhi, and i know that the lakers had a series lead over phoenix before anthony davis went down in that opening round of the playoffs i know all of that but this phoenix t- suns team made it to the nba finals and they brought back everybody and now chris paul brought along all of those young guys like devin booker like deandre ayton like mikhail bridges like cam johnson and they have that postseason experience now in their back pocket. So I think the market movement on Phoenix makes a ton of sense to be from plus 8.50 to beginning of the year to plus 3.20. Only 60 cents behind the Golden State Warriors, who are plus 2.60. Market movement in their favor as well. Market movement in the favor of the Utah Jazz from plus 6.50 to plus 500. Those three teams, Coach, the three best records straight up right now In the NBA, Golden State 27 and 6. Phoenix 26 and 7. Utah after a win on Christmas night over the Dallas Mavericks at home, also 23 and 9. And again, let's talk about the Lakers here. Plus 195 as the preseason favorites. Of course, the Lakers are always going to be a very public team with a very public price. That often probably shorter than it really should be in the marketplace. But now plus 550 with the fourth shortest odds. LA has lost five games in a row they have the seventh best record currently in the western conference at 16 and 18 straight up the worst ats record in the nba at 12 and 22 and jy you brought this point up earlier as we were looking at the christmas day action between the lakers and the nets and west los angeles lost at home by seven to brooklyn and we know lebron's thoughts about the play in tournament obviously a lot of basketball to go not even at the midway point or the all-star break yet But the Lakers find themselves, if the season ended today, in that play-in tournament seventh spot. So how big will it be for the Lakers to get out of that? And then if they do, is that plus 550 on Los Angeles a little bit of value now? Because the market has worked so hard against them.
2: It it may be value. And Ben, here's the thing. They got to get the six. I think they want that sixth spot. Because if you get that sixth spot, you should think that Golden State and Phoenix should be 1-2. If I'm LeBron with AD, I'm looking at that six spot, and I'm looking right at Utah, the team that, that always does well in the regular season but is not mm-hmm. battle-tested in the playoffs. And besides Spider Mitchell, they don't have that consistent second score. Vodanovich can't do it. Jordan Clarkson, Lord have mercy. You don't know what you're going to get from that guy. Rudy Gobert seems to disappear in the playoffs because he doesn't want the ball. So now you're leaning on Mike Conley, who is a fantastic player, but he can't stay healthy all the time. So if I'm the Lakers, I'm trying to get the six. If the Lakers get the six, that's a hell of a value because they, I think they can take out Utah in the first round, and then it gets to the matchup you know, where they have to go through probably Phoenix, you would say, who should be the two spot with the Golden State Warriors being one. And what, what would the NBA love to have LeBron, Steph, Draymond, Clay, A D hmm. in the Western Conference Finals. I mean, they'll be signing up for that in a second. So let's see what happens. But if the Lakers can get the six, that is a good uh value price for them.
1: And four and a half dollars against the other LA team in the Clippers. Now at it- 10 to 1 we got some news about the other star for the clips Paul George sidelined for a little bit of time with an elbow injury a torn ligament in that elbow of course no Kawhi and we're not sure Kawhi is gonna be back at any point this year coach James Young all across the grid thank you for your expertise as always more the morning after on the other side of the break Closing out our number two of the morning after on this Monday morning right here on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the Sports Grid network. I'm Ben Stevens. The one thing we haven't talked about so far yet, Monday night football to end NFL Week 16. In the big easy tonight down there in New Orleans, the Saints, a three-point home underdog against the Miami Dolphins. We'll detail that why, Coming up here next. But both of these teams still an outside shot of making the wild card races in both of their conferences. How are we feeling about their realistic possibilities to make the postseason? It's time for buy or sell. So here is the buy or sell question heading into Monday Night Football. Will one of these teams, the New Orleans Saints, or the Miami Dolphins make the postseason? Are we buying that, that at least one between the Finns and the Saints make the postseason in one of those wild card positions? I'm not so sold on the Saints, although they are in that eighth spot right now, only behind the Philadelphia Eagles, where they win at home tonight. They would tie the Eagles in the win-loss column, but the issue being... The reason they are a three-point home underdog now is because of some COVID concerns in that quarterback room in NOLA. Both Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon in the COVID-19 protocols. Ian Book, the rookie quarterback out of Notre Dame, will make his first career NFL start tonight. The Saints opened as a three-point home favorite, now a three-point home underdog Against the Dolphins. And the Dolphins are one of the hottest teams in all of football. They've won six straight. They have covered in five of those six games. I actually think Miami has a decent shot in the AFC if they can continue to win football games. But the thing about the AFC right now, there are three teams at eight and seven all battling for a wild card spot with a win tonight. The seventh straight, Miami also gets to eight and seven. I'm buying one of the two teams. The Saints or the Finns will make a postseason berth through the wild card spots we'll look at monday night football in a four-way in our third hour happy hour up next here on the morning after <laughs> dispensing little pearls of sports strategy wisdom like gumballs from the machine where your dad used to take you for a haircut when you were a kid oh